Welcome to the Live in Everett podcast, where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Henry J. filling in for Tyler Chisholm. Welcome to the Live in Everett podcast, episode number 63, which is brought to you with support from People's Bank, a locally owned and operated independent community bank since 1921. For a higher level of service for all of your banking needs, visit the team at their flagship branch right here in downtown Everett at 2702 Colby. I don't do this every week, as you can tell. You're doing good. You're a natural, mister. I've been on the radio for seven years. Yeah, well, not not for much longer. That's what I'm going to talk about this week. But let's let's uh, what, what's what's oh. new in your world? Well, in my world, well, let's see. I just got a Google Voice number set up for this year podcast, All so right. people can start calling in. Uh, got that hammered out today. Pretty pretty excited. Uh, so now you guys can start uh, calling in and leaving uh, questions or. Um, Heat messages or uh, whatever uh, floats your boat. Yeah, and we might play them on the air. Yeah. So that's cool. So that'll be fun. So I'll drop the number real quick. Uh, so the phone number, if you want to call and leave us a shout out uh, or some thoughts, uh, is 425-341-3731. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, what's up with you, Henry? What's new? Well, uh, I'm quitting KSER. Yeah, you are. Yes, I am. Uh, after almost seven years, I will be off the air, which is going to be pretty crazy. But uh, I'm going to end up on some website. It's called liveinever.com. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. Sound, sounds like a big step down, buddy. It, you know, who knows? But I think it's a step in the right direction regardless. But uh, yeah, I'm super stoked. I'm very excited. Uh, the show's going to be uncensored. I can play whatever I want. The FCC doesn't exist on the internet. And I can, uh, well, I can play whatever I want. And you can tune in whenever you want. So you don't have to catch me live anymore. None of that madness. It's going to be pretty, pretty cool. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited as well. It's going to be uh some some cool fun different stuff to add to the the live in everett mix so yeah yeah i'm super stoked well um this week we have the port of everett's acting ceo lisa lefebvre 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 there we go on the show we're excited to talk with lisa about the port of everett and the new waterfront place development and the port by the way is celebrating 100 years of being the port very very cool and we're happy to have her on the show And before we jump into things with Lisa, quick ad read from one of our local advertisers. Shop and make a difference at Citrine Health, a nonprofit social enterprise. Fair trade items at Citrine Market and bras aplenty at the bra shop, including post-mastectomy products. Certified fitters are available. Need a mammogram or health exam? Call 425-259-9899 to see if you're eligible. Support your community at Citrine Health. All right, Lisa, are you ready to jump in? I am. Cool. So uh, why don't we just start with uh, an overview of of the port? I mean, I know a lot of people are probably familiar uh, to varying degrees of the Port of Everett, but uh, what does the port do? So the Port of Everett is a special purpose government, uh, so we are different than a city or a county. Uh, We have three elected commissioners that are selected by district. Um, We operate three lines of business. We have an international seaport that's home port to um, a U.S. Navy base, Naval Station Everett. Uh, We are known in the international community as the uh, port of Boeing because we bring in all the wide-body jets for the 4767777, soon-to-be 777X, as well as the KC Tanker program. Um, We also operate the largest public marina on the West Coast with 2,300 slips and... uh, soon to be 10 guest mortgages. We've got one coming under construction here this summer. Um, And we have about 3,000 acres of real estate, uh, primarily on the Everett waterfront. 
um, most of which is Jetty Island. Oh, wow. Mm. Very cool. So um, you, you got something? Oh, I was. how many people work for the port? So we have about 100 direct employees that work for the Port of Everett. Um, and then we have about um, 60 or so uh, longshoremen that work down on the docks. Um, but overall, um, one of the things about port districts is that they have a very large multiplier effect. So the jobs that are associated, the indirect and induced jobs that are tied to our operations is over 34,000, most of which are in Snohomish County. Oh, wow. That's huge. That's the tug operators, the truck operators, the rail operators, all the folks that help with the movement of cargo in and out of the port. Hmm. What is uh, what is your role at the port? Um, it varies by day, but today I am the acting CEO for the Port of Everett. Um, I started at the port uh, nearly 15 years ago. Um, I actually started as a reporter covering the port um, and then started in community relations and kind of worked my way up um, as we've gone. Um, in my normal job before um, taking on as acting CEO, I was the chief of policy and communication for the port. Who were you a reporter for originally? Uh, the Everett Tribune. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, so what are you, I know you mentioned Boeing uh, does a lot of their... Um, shipping through the port. Are there uh, other large uh, companies that you work closely with? Yeah, absolutely. So Seattle and Tacoma are very much our consumer ports of the region. So clothes, furniture, things like that come through Seattle and Tacoma. Um, Everett is very is a construction and manufacturing port. So anything that's high value, overdimensional, uh, typically comes through Everett. So uh, electrical transformers to help keep the lights on, uh, wind energy components that help provide energy. We do a lot of tractors um, and agricultural tractors, soybeans, um, diff- cement. Um, we do a, quite a bit of military cargoes as well. Um, the Port of Everett is in the running for a um, strategic seaport designation, so that um, the Department of Defense would move more cargo through Everett. Has there ever been a really like unique or interesting piece of cargo that you've had to uh, create like special accommodations for or something? Yeah. So um, just last month we had eight Black Hawk helicopters land at the port um, and we exported them to Australia for a joint training mission with the Indiana National Guard. And so we had to, um, they flew out of Painfield. We had to get clearance with the Navy and um, air traffic control and so forth and uh, take off the blades and clean them and get them all situated. So that was a fun cargo. Um, several years ago, we had a sound transit train come through the port wow. um, that serves the link between Seattle and um, SeaTac. So we do a lot of very interesting cargos. So what is what about um, what about the history of the port? Because mm-hmm. it's celebrating its 100th anniversary, right, this year? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, just talk about the history. I mean, the Port of Everett, that's like where kind of where the Everett Massacre happened, I want to say. Yeah. So Down there in the area. I don't even know if it was the port yet or not. but It wasn't, actually. Uh, the Everett Massacre happened uh, about 18 months before the port was created. Okay. Um, the port was created in July 20, um, or sorry, July 1918. Um, the massacre was in November um, 1916, mm. I believe. 
Um, and so the Port of Everett was actually created to take advantage of wartime activities with World War I. Uh, Everett Harbor was a very large um, shipbuilding operation and with all of our wood products back in the day, airplanes and boats were all made by wood. And so the community at the time saw it as a big opportunity to um, create jobs and economic development in their waterfront um, almost immediately after the port was created, which in some communities it varied in terms of how much the population voted to increase the port or to approve the port. But for Everett, it was a landslide. It was the um, vast majority of the residents voted to approve the port. Uh, and then a couple months later, the armistice happened and and then we had to reinvent ourselves. And that's actually one of the, the cornerstones of the Port of Everett, and I think the port industry in general, is that um, you have to be very flexible and nimble and adapt to the changing market conditions. Um, I always say that the only thing that we can control in the port industry is our infrastructure. Uh, and so that's one of the things that we are constantly investing in. Hmm. And. Um what are some things that most people don't know about the port or, you know, or like any fun facts or any treasure buried somewhere that we can go fish out? Maybe there is a sunken ship right really? off the Harbor. Um, back in the seventies, the, there was a fishing vessel that caught fire and sunk out in the Harbor, just right off Naval station Everett. And so there's actually a buoy that marks that, um, as a notice to Mariner. Um, so that's kind of a fun fact that a lot of people don't know. Um, one thing, I mean, it's kind of boring, but it's really factual um, and, and pertinent, is that um, even though the port does uh, collect a property tax, uh, all of our property taxes only go to environmental cleanup and public access and other mm. capital projects. None of our taxes go to um, paying port salaries or operations. Um, we're actually the smallest taxing district in the county, even smaller than um, Snow Owl Library. Hmm. Um, and then we own Jetty Island. I don't think a lot of people know that, that, that we own Jetty Island. Yeah, you guys basically own everything down by, by the way. Like, like, do you own the land that the Navy base is on? We used to. Um, okay, we you used sold to, it to them. We did. Um, the U.S. military, um, especially for bases, requires that they own the property. Um, so back in the late 80s, we sold 110 acres of our shipping terminals to the U.S. Navy uh, for a base. And um, around that same time, we bought the Warehouser Mill A site that had just went out of business and essentially reshifted how our whole waterfront worked from um, using the place where the Navy is now as our main shipping terminal to now where Warehouser used to operate as our main facility. Um, and that's what's under construction today. Mm. Okay. Um, so let's switch gears and talk about Waterfront Place for okay. a minute because I feel that people are pretty hyped about what's what's happening down down there. Um, could you give us like an overview, like mm -hmm. what's what's going on there? There's uh, so much to unpack, I feel, um, mm -hmm. and so much development. So, yeah, it's it's really exciting time. It's nice to see that things are vertical. Um, we've it's. It's taken a long time to get us um, out of the ground, and so we're really excited where we are, and the community's excited too. Um, over the last 15 years, the port's really been focusing on um, creating a balanced waterfront, where we essentially have our working waterfront from the Navy to the south, so our international shipping terminal, uh, where the KC property was, and the uh, 
Navy base. And then everything to the north was um, designed around our marina to be a mixed-use development. And so uh, we started that process, believe it or not, um, back in the late 80s. Um, oh, wow. But it's been a long time coming. Um, when I started, um, there was over 26 buildings on the site, which is known as uh, Waterfront Place Central. So the area in between um, Lombardi's and where the boat launches, that that peninsula in between where Scuttlebutt is and so forth, mm-hmm. there was over 25, 26 buildings on that site. Oh, wow. Uh, we spent probably two years um, removing all of those buildings to be able to uh, move, move forward on gosh, it was probably a $13, $14 million environmental cleanup. So that whole area was the epicenter of Everett's Milltown. So you hear about Everett's mm-hmm. Milltown. That's why the Milltown Trail has been named where it was. Is That site operated all the mills. And so there was an extensive cleanup. Um, we removed over 100,000 cubic yards of contaminated soil from the site. Wow. Um, so that work was all complete in 2011, 2012. Um, the recession provided us a great opportunity to revision the waterfront redevelopment um, and really bring the development back into the historic tapestry of Everett. And so you'll notice with the development, including Fisherman's Harbor, everything's tied to the industries that operated on the site. So we've got Fisherman's Harbor, um, uh, boat building, and uh, mills. So those themes are all integrated into the whole development. Um, right now, you see Hotel Indigo going out of the ground. It's a 142-room business-class hotel. It's going to have um, a 150-seat restaurant, a 50-seat bar. It's going to open to the new Pacific Rim Plaza that's just been constructed with a new splash fountain um, adjacent to the promenade, um, as well as a conference venue uh, for folks. So that's what's coming out of the ground right now. Um, it'll be, I think it's the first Hotel Indigo in the state that's under construction. Mm. Um, they've got a couple more planned um, in Vancouver and Spokane, but Everett will be the first. Um, and then on Friday, I signed um, all the closing documents to um, allow for the first time in the history um, housing on the Everett waterfront. And so um, American Classic Homes um, doing business as sea level is going to be building um, 266 apartment homes in Fisherman's Harbor that'll be under construction this fall. Wow, that's so exciting. Yeah, and then obviously there's the Grand Avenue Bridge project that the city's Mm -hmm. doing, um, and we are getting pretty close on some restaurant announcements. Very cool. Yeah, so there will be some more uh, restaurants and retail and or commercial type spaces that'll be getting developed as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's about eight or so parcels in Fisherman's Harbor. So the project is going to be phased. Um, Fisherman's Harbor is the first focus area. Um, The other thing, in addition to the upland development, is we're going to be building a new guest dock, um, a new dock for commercial fishermen, um, and then a new yacht class dock as well. So there's all these, like, different, there's, like, Fisherman's Harbor. There's all these different, like, districts. Yep. and things right can you give can you give us like a rundown on maybe like what's going to be in in these, each of them yeah yeah absolutely so we've got the first district that's underway uh which is fisherman's harbor and so that's very much the I, I call it almost the front porch of the development it's um restaurants housing um 
it's very cliche, but the live, work, play kind of concept in that area sure. that's just adjacent to West Marine View Drive. And then as you go farther into the development, um, on the right-hand side is the Craftsman District. So that's where we have all of our boat repair. We've got um, our existing restaurants, so Scuttlebutt and Blue Water, and various, our marina office and admin and things like that, as well as our marine services, so Bayside Marine, Harbor Marine, um, Bellingham Yachts, all of the things that support a, a large marina. Um, and then as you go farther down in the peninsula, we've got the Millwright District. Um, Millwright is a um, craftsman, so that's part of the mill history. Um, that's designed to be our employment center. So I almost view that as a, a, lit, a mini South Lake Union. It's supposed to be a job center. Um, and the reason being is the port's mission is to create jobs. Uh, the other reason is um, if you had a restaurant or a waterfront that was full of restaurants, housing, um, and entertainment, it would be almost impossible to park it. So if you have a job center, it provides compatible um, shared parking plans. So when people are working during the day, it's theoretically not as busy um, in the public access spaces and the restaurants, whereas on the weekends and the evenings, the businesses are not in operation and then the visitors can come use their shared parking. And then as you go farther out on the peninsula, we're going to have um, hopefully condos um, if our condo laws can change. Um, right now, Washington State condo laws make it very difficult to build condos on the waterfront, mm -hmm. just quite frankly anywhere, um, because mm -hmm. of the liability. Um, and then farther out where the old yacht club is, um, well, they're currently there too, and Boxcar Park, that's designed to be um, a hospitality, so some type of hospitality with um, a restaurant. Very cool. And then what's kind of the, the general timeline on, on this rollout for these different phases? So we hope to have Fisherman's Harbor um, fully under construction and and or open in 2020. Um, the hotel will open next year in 2019. That'll be the first one to open. Um, we hope to be able to go, if the economy holds, um, into phase two um, into the 2020 timeframe. So we want to be able to phase it so that we're not all under construction at the same time. Mm -hmm. What kind of restaurants and entertainment are going to be there is it going to be high-end like for families or is it going to be more of like a bellevue square mall type of deal with like a ruth chris steakhouse and i'm just kind of wondering like what what is your target uh for for the entertainment sector i guess so um it's a little unique um we the way that the development structured is the restaurants have to be large enough to be able to afford to build their own building, um, but unique enough to fit the character of the Everett Waterfront and the theme of the Everett Waterfront. Mm -hmm. So we have specific uh, restaurants that and retailers that we're going after. Um, it's hard to say until we get folks signed up, but I think that, I mean, anything on the waterfront can be family-oriented, but it would probably be more... Um, a little more probably expensive than the than the Red Robins. Sure. Yeah. So no Red Robin. <laughs> yeah, more than likely no Red Robin. Yeah. <laughs> Darn. So, so South Everett has that covered. Oh yeah, for sure. And and the Olive Garden too. Shout out to the OG. Yeah, it's my mom's favorite. <laughs> um, so what about where the old uh, Kimberly Clark plant used to be? That huge vacant piece of property. Do you what? Does, does the port own that, or that's owned by Kimberly Clark, probably? I guess. 
Yeah, so Kimberly Clark owns the um, the their property still. The port is in um, discussions to acquire the property. Um, we really view it as um, a critical asset for the port's future growth in terms of supporting uh, shipbuilding operations as well as the military moving forward. Um, it's just with the with the Navy base, um, we're very hopeful that they're going to be getting a carrier back. Um, and Everett is in the running for um, some new Coast Guard assets. And so depending on how all that shakes out, um, having Kimberly Clark um, in the port's ownership is going to be very attractive for us to be able to, you know, reposition some of um, our activities to be able to accommodate that growth. And what about... Um... What about the rumors? I, I heard that the yacht club might be closing down. Um, is there any truth to that at all? Is there what's what's going on with that? No, the Everett Yacht Club's been on the waterfront for over a hundred years, and we plan to keep them. Um, and so it's just a matter of working with them to figure out where's the best place for them to go. Right now, we're um, they're in there, um, the Everett Yacht Club, for I think it's another year for sure. We just renewed their lease. Um, and maybe longer after that. But um, in the long term, there's opportunities for partnerships with maybe some of the current um, businesses that are on the site and or uh, one of the areas that I know that they've been looking at is um, in the South Marina where our old Marina office used to be. So they're moving, definitely. Um, they Eventually they will. Eventually, cool. Yeah, but I don't, I mean, it's going to be years. For sure, for yeah. sure. I played. I didn't play a show there, but I saw a show there, and uh, it's a cool old building for sure. It's very neat, full of history. But that that building will be getting ripped down for the new development. Yeah, it'll be. Um, it, we're still looking at it. They, if you've ever been into that building, they've actually got some overwater coverage um, where the mm-hmm. the trail goes out over the water. Yeah, it is very difficult to permit. Um, structures over the water in the Puget Sound anymore and so we're having a discussion on whether or not we tear it down completely or we um, renovate it. Mm, Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And um, so with all the excitement of uh, everything surrounding this waterfront place development once it's all completed what are you what aspect of it are you most excited for? I think I'm most excited for um, delivering on a community and a mixed-use waterfront concept that has been in the discussions for 30 years. Um, we, we were able to get South Marina up and running with the Marina Village and the Port Gardner Landing, um, but um, the central waterfront has been very much a labor of love um, with a lot of starts and stops. Um, I think one of the questions I get all the time, which I th- is slowly starting to go away, is, Lisa, do you really think this is going to happen this time? Um, and I, I say with a lot of confidence, yes, Fisherman's Harbor is getting built. Um, and that was before we saw the, the hotel coming out of the ground. So that's one of the things I'm very excited about. And the other thing I'm excited about is... Um, you know, hoping to be able to deliver um, on the promise of returning maritime jobs to the Kimberly Clark property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, the community lost quite a bit of jobs when the mill shut down, and so being able to restore some of that economic prosperity to that area would be um, very well received. I think. Awesome. Well, yeah, I was gonna, I was going to ask if there was anything else you were 
um, excited about for the, the port's future. But mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds like a, like a good one. That would be cool to see. I also think that there's opportunities for, you know, what does the port look like the next 100 years? You know, um, once we finish our portfolio of projects with the Riverside Business Park being fully built out on the river that's under construction right now, um, that's going to create over 800 jobs when it's uh, built uh, in 2019. Um, and the Waterfront Place project along with, um, you know, if we're able to put together the KC deal with the seaport modernization that's underway to take bigger ships, um, that pretty much takes care of our land holdings. And so we are going to be asking the community, um, even as early as starting July 12th, on, you know, what do you see the port's future being? Where, where would you like, you know, our focus area? The commission has adopted a strategy of the go north. Um, one of the things that's interesting is that the Port of Everett, for whatever reason, uh, is not a countywide port. Uh, our boundaries are geographically bound by the Snohomish River to the east to Hat Island to the west. Uh, we don't take in all of Muckleteo, all of Everett, or um, even portions of unincorporated Snohomish County. So our boundaries are pretty antiquated. And so, you know, looking at where our growth potential is is going to be something I think will be um, top of mind going into next year. Nice. So we're going to transition here into some Everett-centric questions okay. that we like to ask all of our guests. And the first one is, how have you seen Everett change since you've been here? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, only for the better. Um, we I've seen a lot of investment in um, establishing Everett as something more than um, a gas stop on the highway. Um, you know, that's one of the challenges of Everett is it's such a beautiful city. Um, once you get into the town and down into the waterfront, it's probably by far one of the prettiest places in the area. I but, agree. But you cannot see that from I-5. And mm-hmm. so I think that the, you know, the port in partnership with the city has been doing quite a bit of, I hate to say branding, but basically, um, you know, repositioning of the Everett market to try to get people here, get people's boots on the ground. And, and that efforts, I think, has been bringing in more investment, which is good. What do you think Everett's best kept secret is? Besides the port. Well, I was going to say Jetty Island. Mm, you could say Jetty Island. Okay. I'll, I'll allow that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Jetty Island is, you know, a lot of people, I talk to people, they don't know about Jetty Island. Um, and, you know, I just took my kids for the first time last summer. Um, oh, nice. And it was so cool. Um, and I knew how cool it was because I've worked there for a long time, but I've never experienced, you know, the fun that kids have when they're out on the island until I saw my boys out there, you know, playing on the driftwood and, you know, running and getting stuck in the sand and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think that was kind of uh, eye-opening to me. Yeah, it, I, I will say it's one of the most remarkable things in Everett that I've come across. I've, I've actually only been there a handful of times since I moved to Everett about nine years ago, but every time I go out there, I'm just always so blown away by mm-hmm. how, how gorgeous it is. I've never been. Oh man! I know. Oh no! Yeah, we, I'm a we, horrible person. We, we, we got to do a, a team field trip out there. We were talking about a great team building exercise on, yeah. on Jetty Island. Yeah, we got to make may, it out there this yeah, summer. You happen. guys can go kiteboarding. Oh yeah, you guys that'd can be take, fun. Could. take kiteboarding lessons. It, it, kiteboarding looks so fun, 
but I hear it's actually a lot harder than it looks. So I'm kind of scared of it. <laughs> I, I have heard it's very hard. I feel that my arms will get ripped out of my sockets. Well, I guess it's, you know, you, know, you really got to understand how, how the wind works. You know, it's like sailing, you know, managing the big sail. <laughs> sure, I don't, yeah, I guess I have to learn as I go. <laughs> um, let's see, where's my next question here? Uh, do you think Everett is misunderstood? And if so, why? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I think that like, like I mentioned, a lot of people only see Everett for what they see when they, uh, get off the freeway or they see from the freeway and, or if they're coming to, um, you know, county services. Uh, the other thing too, is that by being the county seat, you know, we tend to be on the news quite a bit, um, for not very pleasing activities. And so, I think that has um, a reputational impact as well. For sure. What do you What do you think Everett needs, if anything? I think, personally, um, not speaking from the port, but for me personally, I would love to see Everett's downtown revitalized into more, with more entertainment options. I mean, I look at um, you know, and not comparing Everett to Bellevue, but you look at the. Lucky Strike Bowling Alley and the movie theater and the, you know, pool parlor and all those fun things that are all in one building um, that drives people there for activities and adventures. And then they um, they go and they use the restaurants and the, you know, different activities around. And so I think, um, I guess, a nightlife. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, what is your greatest hope for Everett's future? I hope that Everett's able to grow um, and meet the needs of the changing community, but also keep its character and and keep what um, makes it unique, which, um, in my opinion, is it's a it's a working class town. It always has been. Um, I'd like to see it be that way. That's why we're so focused on manufacturing, um, shipbuilding, working waterfront. Um, boat services, you know, keeping that historic working waterfront um, tradition, I think is going to be really important for Everett going forward. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, it's been a little bit sad, I think, in some ways to see how Seattle has has changed so much and I think lost some of its its character and, and you know, what, what a lot of people loved about it. So yeah, I hope Everett can really find a way to maintain that. Yep. Keep the arts and keep the working class, please. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the ways you do that is you ensure that there's proper land use compatibility between those assets. Um, and you know, you don't gentrify too much to the point where it's all of a sudden an undesirable use. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. We'd like to thank one of our awesome local sponsors, Major League Pizza. Major League makes high quality, delicious pizzas and grinders. You can even get a free personal pizza on your birthday when you sign up for their birthday club. They're right in downtown Everett at 2811 Colby, and you can learn more on their website at majorleaguepizza.com. So uh, you want to play a game? Sure. Got a quick game here called Fast Favorites, where we're going to ask you five questions, and if you can answer in 60 seconds, you might win a prize. Okay. I have my eye on the clock whenever you're ready. Okay. So Lisa, where is your favorite place to eat? Anthony's. Favorite place to drink? Blue water. Favorite place to watch the sunset? Legion Park. Favorite word to describe Everett? Beautiful. Favorite thing to do when you have free time? Go for a walk around the marina. 
Wow, that was fast. That was like clinically fast. No, no hesitation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> How fast was it, Henry? Um, I don't know. You couldn't even really, clock it. it I was wasn't so really fast. watching the clock. Right, Nobody's you... ever lost, so I don't even bother. <laughs> so you get to pick a prize out of the bag of mystery here. Okay. Dig deep. Dig deep. Oh, bada bing! Some Everett buttons. Oh, look at this. Oh, hey, that's... how uh, appropriate. Milltown. Yeah. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for uh, joining us today and hanging out. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Cool. Thanks for hanging out on the Live in Everett podcast today. We'd like to hear from you. Send us feedback, hate letters, whatever floats your boat. You can send that to podcast at liveinevert.com. Or now you can leave us a voicemail, 425-341-3731. Once again, that number is... Four two five three four one three seven three one. If you're listening on iTunes, take a minute to rate and subscribe. It helps a ton. I wonder if I could get my mom to call and leave us a voicemail. That'd be very sweet. <laughs> uh, you can keep up with all the good things happening around Everett by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter, The Weekly Goodness, which goes out every single Monday. It's packed full of upcoming events, uh, news, recap of what's new on the blog, all kinds of good stuff. You can subscribe for free over on the website liveineverett.com slash subscribe. Thanks to Lisa for joining us today. Special thanks to the coolest band in Everett, Oliver Elf Army, and I'm not just saying that because I play bass for them, uh, for our theme music, and to me, Henry J., which, by the way, I'm the producer, and uh, I will be coming to Live in Everett. The Stereo Wire is coming to Live in Everett uh, starting August 3rd, so watch your back. Yeah, yeah. Good things happen in Everett because of you, so thank you so much for listening and being a part of this wonderful city. Have a great week, everybody. This is why we're Everett till the grave.